0: Welcome to Miscellaneous Thoughts, the podcast where we talk about religion, politics, and all that jazz. And in this episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about religion, the pros and cons of growing up religious. We're gonna talk a little bit about abstinence and a lot of other stuff we're gonna to try to cover in this episode. Um so yeah, let's let's dive right in. So, to start things off, I think I'll just kind of discuss um how I grew up. So I grew up Seventh day Adventist and Two of the main fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church is sabbath keeping and the advent message so i mean it's kind of almost in the name of you know the denomination a Seventh-day Adventist seven-day meaning, you know we worship god on the seventh day and we observe the sabbath and the sabbath to us is um a day of rest um it's we usually celebrate sabbath on from friday sunset to saturday sunset and We don't do any type of work. We don't do any work. Most people, if they have jobs, they will try to kind of get certain accommodations from their jobs to allow them to not have to work during sabbatical hours. And so we do all of the preparation for Sabbath and the cooking and the cleaning before Sabbath starts on Friday or even on Thursday, um, just to kind of really enjoy the Sabbath and to really rest and not like rest in terms of sleeping, but just like rest our bodies, rest our minds. And the second part is, Adventist, which re- which refers to the second coming of Christ, the Advent message, um, and so this is kind of just a belief that Jesus came the first time when he came and died for us on the cross, which is why we kind of celebrate Easter. You know, he gave us an opportunity to um to have eternal life by sacrificing himself on the cross, but that he's coming again a second time to take all those who have lived a righteous life to heaven and those who have who have not lived a righteous life to punish them, um, to eternal damnation so pretty much hell i feel like for me i resonate more with the the advent message although i do like practice and observe the sabbath mm-hmm. i do kind of tend to really really think the advent message is a very interesting belief and because it's very grounded in a lot of like end time beliefs and when i say end time i'm not talking about like you know a zombie apocalypse i'm talking about kind of the Just, like, the belief that eventually the world's going to come to an end. And, like, there'll be a lot of chaos going on in the world. The Bible kind of talks about, like, a lot of famine, wars, um, diseases. Just a lot of stuff, natural disasters going on. And for me, I feel like we're kind of living in the end times. And, like, if you don't believe, like, in Christian stuff, you're like, okay, this is absolutely insane. But, like, hear me out for a quick second, right? Yeah, I don't think it's just a, a tad bit odd the mild things that just have been going on lately, like, it's just been a lot of crazy stuff left and right all over the place. Just a lot of chaos. First of all, we're in a pandemic. We're going, on, like, what, year two of three of a pandemic? I think year three, maybe. But, like, this is not a normal thing for people to live through. Like, the fact that we're in a pandemic still, like, it's not, this is not normal at all. And now let's just think of, talk about all the, just the things that have been going on. Like, for example, school shootings are so common in America at this point. Like, I feel like apple pie is to America as school shootings is to America. That's just how common the association is between school shootings. Like, it's, like, it's so frequent. School shootings, mass shootings, like, it's just, it's a frequent occurrence here in the U.S. And it's just, like, what is going on? And even, like, the natural disasters, like, I feel like California is always on fire. Like, listen, am I wrong? Like, California is always on fire. Like, a lot of these natural disasters are... It's because of human actions, you know, we have done, we have not really taken care of this earth. The, the climate change that we're seeing, you know, the glaciers that are melting, the tornadoes, a lot of these stuff, it's like, even like, the, the, um, destructions that we're seeing is very man-made, like, whether it's through mining, deforestation, like, whatever it is, like, we have, we have played a significant part in the way in which these natural disasters have played out. I feel like as time progresses, things are gonna be, like, even more chaotic, like, what we're seeing right now, I feel like it's just only like a tip of the iceberg. Like it's going to be way worse as the years pass and whatnot. And so for me, I just really, it makes me kind of almost want to read the Bible more. And I don't know, I, I'm definitely trying trying to really dedicate more time to the Bible. I would truly encourage people, even if you're not like seven-day friends, even if you're not religious, just to kind of read the Bible. Because I feel like the Bible contains a lot of knowledge and a lot of wisdom. That even if you're not religious or whatever, you can still learn a lot from it. Like to me, the Bible is like a history book, it's a philosophy book, you know, it's a book on romance and love. There's just so much stuff that the Bible covers that I think, like, even if you're not, you know, you're not into God, you don't believe in God, you can still get a lot from reading the Bible. And so I don't know how I ended up talking about the Bible. If I'm being quite honest. Oh, I was talking about the Advent message, but yeah, the the, the two main things that really stand out for me when it comes to 7th day Adventist is observance of the Sabbath and the the proclamation to um spread the gospel so that other people can also make it into the kingdom of heaven. So I hope I did a pretty good job summarizing those fundamental beliefs. Um if you're more interested in Seventh-day Adventism, I'm sure there's a lot of information on online about this denomination and so, so let's dive into like the pros and cons of growing up religious. So a little bit of context for you guys. So I grew up Sunday Adventist. I went to Sunday Adventist schools from kindergarten through twelfth grade, and so I grew very, I grew up very sheltered, like very much in this like very this small little bubble in which almost everyone I knew was Sunday Adventist. All my friends were Sunday Adventist. I just really only really knew very, I knew very little about things that happened outside of my, you know, my little bubble. And that kind of played out in some positive ways, but also in a lot of negative ways as well. So the first con that I realized growing up religious was that you tend to kind of sometimes encounter maybe a few bad apples. Like in the church, like although it's supposed to be like, you know, God is love, you know, we all love each other. You still interact with people who are just very like, very mean, very mean spirited, very unkind people. And I think that if you don't, you're you not really, you're not really, like, there for God, that it's very easy for you to kind of just want to leave and not even want to be religious anymore. Because, like, these type of people, although they're not, like, they're not the majority of the church, they can still tarnish the way you view Christianity and, and just your feelings about going to church and being with other Christians. And so, for me, that was something that, like, I had to kind of encounter. And I had friends who have kind of had terrible experiences with people at church and no long, no longer go to church because of those experiences. And so it's like, I don't think that this is a problem that can be fixed because I feel like everywhere you go, there are going to be people that are just, they're just really mean and unkind anyway. But I think it's definitely kind of weird to experience it within the church because it's like the whole, the whole thing of church is like, okay, we all are all here to love each other, to love God, to worship God, to just be, just be one big happy family. And the fact that there are people who are just, just very unkind and just, just rude and unloving to you can kind of make you rethink whether or not this whole religious thing, religion thing really is for you. And so that was one con. Um, just encountering very unkind people in the church and just kind of seeing the way in which hypocrisy plays out as well. Another thing was just the the way in which I felt as though the church can be very legalistic. Just all about rules and regulations. Like for me, within the SDA church, it was like you cannot eat pork, you cannot eat, you cannot eat um any type of like seafood, scavengers. You cannot um cannot watch TV on the Sabbath. You cannot cannot drink alcohol. You can't smoke. You can't. There's a lot of stuff that you act that you can't do. To me, it just felt like very stifling. I can't. I can't do all those stuff. But what what can I actually do? Like, what can I do as a as an SDA? And so. I just felt like a lot of the rules were emphasized and not, like, maybe, like, why? I remember asking my parents, like, why can't I go to movie theater? Like, and to, to this day, I still don't even know why, why a lot of um SDA parents don't allow it. I don't know, but, you know, they would tell me, like, you can't go to movie theater with your friends, you can't do this, and I was just like, why? Why, why can't I do it? Like, what's the reason? And, like, they would never be able to really give me a clear reason on why I couldn't do some of the stuff. And so, for me, I just kind of associated a lot of, The rules were just, like, legalism, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. But, like, there was no meaning behind why I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I I struggled a lot with that type of, like, mentality growing up. Because it was just, like, like I don't, like, I want to do what I want to do. But it's, like, I can't do it because the church says I can't do it. Because people, because, what, religious leaders say we can't do it. Like, what's the real reason why I can't do what I want to do? And so it felt very kind of, like, limited, and as I've grown, like, you know, as an adult, I kind of have a different, different mindset. And that mindset has only changed because I know the why. I know why I don't, why I don't engage in certain activities. I know why I don't do this and why I don't do that. And I think, you know, maybe if the church focused more on the why, um, and whether or not that why was really rooted in biblical principles as opposed to just, you know, morality, what is right or wrong, culturally right or wrong, I think perhaps more, more young people, young people would be willing to really engage and and follow these rules and follow these practices you know like when you just tell someone you can't do something but you're not really telling them why like they're less inclined to actually want to follow through with it because it's just like there's no connection to it it's just don't do this but why why should I do this and so for me it was just very legalistic second con for me was I felt like I was I was raised in the way to kind of adopt a lot of questionable problematic dare I say, toxic interpretations of the Bible. And the thing with the Bible is that, like, I respect the Bible, but I feel like the way in which the Bible has been interpreted at times has just been, like, in ways that have made me not really want to sometimes associate with certain religious beliefs. Because it's just like, you know, for example, I remember this pastor was talking about how he was almost like condoning like marital rape, and I feel like this this is like this thing in a lot of churches where they kind of believe that women are inferior to men, and that women when women get married, their bodies are literally belong to men, and they have like no, no like what's the word? No choice over how their bodies are being used. And I I just I really just I have a strong disdain for the ways in which the Bible is being inter- interpreted in certain churches. I feel it's very very like misogynistic. Very woman hating. I feel like sometimes, and it's very, very demeaning to women. And so that's kind of one of the things that I still kind of wrestle with, like the ways in which the Bible is being interpreted. Even like now that I'm older, I still kind of see things, and I'm just like, ah, I don't agree with this. This is just not the way it's being said and discussed. It's very harmful, whether it's to women, whether it's, it is to certain people who have different sexualities, whatever. It's just a very harmful way of viewing things, and I just wish that we could maybe just really the way we said things, the way we 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 um we taught certain things in the church. Okay, so I feel like I've talked enough about the cons of growing up religious. Let's talk a little bit about the pros. Um so one of the biggest pros for me was just kind of having people to kind of connect with, like the connection and community you get from having, you know, church friends and church family around you I think is very it's invaluable. I've met some really cool people just that I've been able to really just connect with and just lean on lean on for support when I was doubting whether or not I wanted to even be still be a part of the church, kind of still believe in God. And so having that like that connection to really lean on and support you when you're in doubt of when you're going through certain trials and certain tribulations, even within your spiritual journey with God is like very important. It's truly, truly like truly important. Another pro for me was that it gave me structure. Like I think I think at the core humans we need something to believe in. We need something to live by. Like the freedom, the freedom that exists in in making our own choices and having autonomy can be very anxiety provoking. But like just believing that like there's a higher power, it kind of makes you feel as though like there's less power, less you have like less of control over your own over the way things turn out in the world or even just even your own life, and so. I think that's kind of why people, people who aren't religious sometimes turn to like astrology, Um, they may turn to philosophy, because it's like, we all want to find meaning in something, we want to find meaning in life, and being religious kind of gives, gives you that type of meaning, you know, kind of leads into the other pro of being religious. I think being religious, or grown-up religious, gives you a life purpose, gives you a goal, you know, for most SDA people or Christian people, the goal is to make it to heaven, and the goal is to be able to... St- Spread the gospel and get other people, other friends, uh, other family members to be able to also make it into the kingdom of heaven. And with that in mind, it's like you're no longer just wandering the world, not knowing what you want to do with your life, because you kind of have this like this thing in the back of your mind. Like, okay, my end goal is to be able to prepare myself for heaven. My end goal is to be able to get to a place where I feel as feel as though I have a closer relationship with God. I'm I know more about God. I'm in a better place with God. And so, yeah, that type of structure and that type of purpose and goal, I think religion, I think religion really kind of gives you and helps you to kind of find meaning in life and in life experiences. And before we end, I do kind of want to share a bit of an unpopular opinion. So, and this is kind of, of course, in regards to religion because we are doing an episode on religion, but I think that churches, churches should at the very least make an effort to discuss safe sex more often in the church. And at this point, depending on like how old you are, or just kind of where you are in terms of religion, you're probably like so you want church to be teaching safe sex, but like, isn't the whole point abstinence? Like, and I'm not saying I don't believe in abstinence. I I believe in it. I think it has value. I think it's a good way of you know Protecting oneself from unwanted pregnancies, protecting oneself from certain STDs, STIs, like, I think that's all important. I think it even has value in terms of protecting people's emotional health as well, because I don't think that people, because I don't believe in, like, meaningless sex. I think where there is sex, there is emotions. And I'll probably kind of do another episode on, like, social compatibility and whether or not people can really have sex without without really being attached You know, I just want to kind of reinforce the either that I do believe in abstinence, I do think it has value, all of that good stuff. However, I just wish that we had more convos on safe sex because I think that's a part of encouraging our young people, our young adults, our teenagers to make informed decisions. It's fine for the church to have standards. If the church wants to continue promoting abstinence, they should. But I I just think that, we also kind of have a duty to also protect young people from making decisions decisions that could possibly affect their lives, have terrible consequences. I don't expect the church to get, a, get to a place where they're out here having like an Oprah Winfrey moment, like, you know, like just promoting condoms left and right, like, oh, you get a condom, you get a condom, we're all getting condoms today, like out here just literally throwing condoms out to like, you know, teenagers, like candy, obviously not, but I think we can at the very, very, very least, at least talk about this in the church, at least talk about to engage in, you know, safe practices to the importance of getting tested, what it means to take care of one's sexual health. Like a lot of things can be talked about, but at the same time, I don't think that talking about safe sex is in any way promoting sexual activity. I think it's just educating people on the consequences of the, their choices, how to make, you know, more informed choices. So I think talking about safe sex is less about morality and it's more about education. It's not about, okay, you know what, you're wrong for having sex before marriage. But it's about, okay, should you decide to have sex before marriage, this is what this is what you're opening yourself up to. And this is how you could probably take care of yourself if you decide to not, you know, not not engage in abstinence. We have to be really honest with ourselves. The kids are having sex, and I think, for me, as a as a parent, I would also know that like I can't be supervising my kid every hour of the day. You know, if my kid decides to go and have sex, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Like I can only do so much as a parent. I can try to instill certain values and like tell them what I want them to do, what I would think would be a better choice for them. But at the same time, like they have their own autonomy; they can make their own decisions. And I would rather my child make an informed decision, and so for me, I'd rather give my child that information to make the best decision that they think is best for themselves, than to kind of force them down the path of abstinence, you know, like, I really kind of really, I value freedom, even when it comes to teenagers, even when it comes to whoever, like, so yeah, and that's kind of just my, my take on almost everything, like, as a general rule of thumb, I try not to, like, not to impose my own personal values as you know what I think should be everyone's personal values like my personal value is my personal value and like I would always encourage people to to do their research and to make a decision that really best suits them and so I think that's pretty much it and if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to rate and subscribe